Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Well, I'm excited. We're going to start a few weeks here. We're going to go through our values as a church. Today, we're going to talk about our mission, vision, some of our values. And what we, we touch on it once a year. You're really in for kind of a, a monumentous Sunday today. Uh, but we touch on it because we forget it. Uh, how many of you know that what's not continually before you, we just have a way of like, just it drifts away, doesn't it? And so I think sometimes it's good for us to stop and to talk about why, why do we even do what we do? Why do we gather? What is this whole thing about? And today is one of those days where we're going to pause and remember why do we do what we do? What is this whole thing about? We're going to talk about our mission, our vision, and our values today. If you're taking notes, today is a great day to take notes. If you're new here, this is a great day day to be here. In fact, I would tell you to be here every Sunday for the next three Sundays as we talk about all of these things, the, the values and the vision and what what is this whole thing about. In fact, next week I'm going to preach a message, why do we even do this? You know, I think Christianity is in a bit of an odd place right now. Anybody else feel like things are just odd right now, right? Like I was talking to a leader last week and he's like, he was talking to a friend and he goes, we, we agreed, who knows anything anymore, right? And I was like, it's kind of, the vibe is so interesting. Um, we have been celebrating Jesus for 2,000 years, right? The beats have changed, but the Savior is the same. And there's something interesting about the longevity of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like, I don't want to preach my message for next week, but, but there, there's something to lean back on and be like, hey, we've gone from Gregorian chants to hymns to, you know, bar tunes made like old school hymns to what we do now. But the Savior's the same. The message is the same. The mission is the same. Why do we even do what we do? There, there's something anchoring about being a part of something that's going to way outlive you and me. Your life and my life is a link in this wild, wild chain about Jesus. So anyway, I don't want to preach next week too hard, but here we go. Uh, let, let's start with our purpose, okay? Uh, and again, if you're taking notes, uh, what in the world is City Lift all about? Uh, who are we? What is our vision, our values? Uh, what's our purpose? Our purpose is to love God and love others. Just look at your neighbor really quick. Your purpose this morning is to love them. It's to love God and love others. Why are you ultimately on the earth? To learn to love God and to learn to love others. And it sounds so good, so easy, so simple. How many of you know this is like actually quite hard to do, right? Jesus said some statements, if you love me, you'll obey me. Why is obeying Jesus so hard to do sometimes, right? I'll tell you why, because he gets in the things of the, the things that you want, right? Like he'll, he'll get in your way a little bit. I was talking to another pastor this week and I was like, it's so interesting being a pastor and, and leading a church because you want everyone to feel comfortable to come to your church, right? You want everyone to feel like they're welcomed and accepted and valued, which of course I do. I want you to feel comfortable coming, but I also want you to feel challenged. I don't want you to stay comfortable, if everyone stays comfortable, there's a good chance you're not changing. How many of you know there's this interesting tension with the gospel and the message of Jesus? He loves you and you can be comfortable in that. But, but the people that hung with Jesus rarely stayed comfortable. He was challenging. 
He would step on your toes. He would get in your face. He would tell his disciples they were wrong. He even called Peter Satan once. I haven't done that to anybody here. Okay, like I'm not nearly as offensive as Jesus. And and I was like, it's so interesting, the tension of I want them to feel comfortable, but if they always stay comfortable, there's never a challenge. Is there any transformation? Where, Where do we go? What's our purpose? To love God, to learn how to love God, and to learn how to love others. I want, we get this from Matthew 22. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, he said that all the law hinges on these two things, loving God with everything I have and loving my neighbor as myself. What is our great purpose? To love God and to love others. We're here to learn. We show up every Sunday to learn how to love God and love others. You can drive a really nice car, live in a really big house, but man, if you never learn to love God, Jesus said you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, and it does you no good in the end. Isn't that interesting that in a hundred years, it won't matter what car we drive right now or how big our house is or how, you know, how many inches our flat screen has, right? What will matter in a hundred years is do you know God and do you love God? And did you love other people? It's a sobering thought, right? 100 years doesn't seem that far away. I mean, I, I rocked 40 years this year. What? 40? Like next year's 50. That's, you know, I mean, if I make it to 100, I don't know if I even want to make it to 100, honestly. You know, but if I make it to 90, whoa. Like that's, it goes fast. Don't miss the main event of life. The purpose is to love God and love others. What, what's our vision as a church? Where, where are we going, pastor? What, what's our vision? Well, we see ourselves building a church for the people of Fort Lauderdale. You know, what's interesting is after COVID, I felt like God sovereignly placed us right here. You've heard me say this a couple times, but these are our streets. These are our streets to own. Um, I did a little recon, the, the new census. There's about 190,000 people in our city. In fact, just in a few minute walking radius, there's thousands of people in all of these buildings just in a walking radius. These are our streets. We want them to be our streets. 2% of South Florida regularly goes to church. 2%, only 2% of these 190,000 are learning how to love God and love others. How many of you know that we have a lot of work ahead of us? Right? And as a church, we always want to lean young, which we've done a good job at. In fact, when we planted the church, one of the things the Holy Spirit told me, he told me a couple of things. He said, you're going to be young and you're going to be diverse. And if you look around right now, we look like heaven. And could you just give it up for Jesus because that's something to celebrate, right? Like if you don't like the people around you, you are going to be very uncomfortable in heaven because heaven's diverse, baby. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue, we're all there at the feet of Jesus. This is what heaven looks like. We're simply a microcosm of the main thing. And so we want to build a church that people in this area feel comfortable coming into, right? And we want to lean young because guess what? The young always wins, right? It doesn't matter what kind of music I like. I grew up on Nirvana. Come on, somebody. Like I grew, I grew up on, you know, Bush and Creed and all these like, like that. And it, we don't sing that anymore, right? We don't sing Teen Spirit on Sundays, right? Like my generation has come and gone, and Gen Z, you guys are a little weird for me, right? Like, I don't, I don't get you a little bit. Like, you're a little strange, and I'm sure I feel old to you, but I love you, and we're going to let you win, okay? Give it up for Gen Z. Like, okay, it's just, like, you're going to win. You're young. You, the young always win. We want to lean young as a church, right? You're like, way to go, Pastor Matt. Way to offend all of Gen Z, calling them weird, right? I know. Like, like it's just, we're going to lean young, and we're going to lean into our community 
in our culture. That's our vision. We want to build a church that's easy to step into for someone that doesn't know God. What's, what's our mission, Pastor? What's our mission? Our mission is to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. This comes from the great commandment. In fact, if, if a church has any other mission other than Matthew 28, I would really argue lovingly with that pastor, the church is simply off mission. What, what is this entire thing about? Take our church and blow this whole thing called Christianity up on a global scale. What is Jesus trying to get done, right? He, he dies for everybody. You've heard me say this before. If Jesus is still in the grave, we have nothing. If he's alive, we have everything. You're around some weird people that believe Jesus is alive this morning, that he's not in the grave, that he rose again on the third day, and he did that for you to forgive you of your sins and give you life and life more abundantly. If Jesus is who he said he is, the greatest message this earth has ever heard is this message right here. What is the mission? The mission is getting that message to every child, every woman, every man, every family, and building a local church for them to learn how to grow in the love and the goodness of God. This is the mission. There's, there's almost 9 billion, I think, people now, right? There's about 2.5 billion Christians on the earth. Let's just say half of them are there by religion only and not a real relationship with Jesus. Let's just boil it down to a billion people that know Jesus, okay? Just for the sake of argument today. That would be about one believer reaching eight believers and discipling them in their lifetime, okay? So that's your personal quota. I want you to kind of keep that in your mind. Can I tell eight people about Jesus and disciple them in my lifetime? Guess what? I think you can. And if the entire body of Christ owned her personal mission, we would have this entire thing wrapped up in a generation. And that's what I want you to think about. And now take, take what God wants to do globally and bring it locally. I always want to think global and I want to act local. That's how I want to challenge you to think right now. Think global. What would happen if every believer prayed, worshiped, gave, and evangelized? What would the world look like? Now let me begin to do that in my life and on a local level. Where are the eight people in your circle that God has given you favor with. You ever tried to go talk to somebody and like, don't talk to me about Jesus? I'm like, okay, I don't have favor here, clearly, right? Like, like the door is shut. But then other people, I'll start talking to them, and it's like a wide open door. And I, and I, and I can always tell, man, these are the people that God has given me favor with. One of the people that God gave me favor with in my life is this good-looking man running iMag up here, Marvin. Everybody, look at Marvin. He's doing a great job pinch-hitting today and running iMag. Thank you, Marvin. I'm going to embarrass you. I know. He's like, when, when Marvin was just in high school, I think you were a freshman in high school, right? Something like that. I think he was a freshman in high school. I'm running this Bible club. There's pizza. We're just trying to reach people. And, and for whatever reason, I had favor with this young man named Marvin, and he received Jesus at the Bible club right? And then he, he asked me for a ride to church, and I was going to tell him no, because I can't pick up every kid and take him to church. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to stop, and I want you to take that kid to church. And for years, I kept taking Marvin to church. He loves Jesus. He's going to be a millionaire one day. Come on, somebody. Like, he's got his whole life ahead of him. He knows Jesus today because God gave me an avenue of favor, what I'm always looking for in life are my pockets and circles of favor. You have a circle that surrounds you. Some people will never hear it from me, but they'll listen to Ryan. 
They, they'll never get it from Ryan, but they'll listen to Carl Dini, right? They, they won't hear it from Carl Dini, but man, they love Jay. Everyone has favor with someone. You know, one of the truest statements I've ever heard in life is that everyone listens to someone. Everyone believes someone. Who are the people in your life that listen to you and you have favor with? Guess what? That's your circle. Leverage your circle for the mission. Have I beaten this point to death enough this morning? Like, this is, this is the mission. This is the mission. We want to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. When people get saved, they meet Jesus. But when you first get saved, you don't really know Jesus yet, right? You might have some crazy things in your mind. You still might do some crazy things. The word in the Greek when it talks about knowing isn't just knowing in an intellectual way. It's knowing in an experiential way. Christianity is kind of unique in the sense that we're a religion that's based off of having a relationship with our creator. You're saved for the very essence, not just to get out of hell free card, but to be in relationship with God the Father. You've been saved for something greater, and it's simply being in a relationship with God. I want you to just think about that for a moment. We're not saved so we can embrace a list of rules. We're not saved so we can join leadership at a church. We're not saved so God can use us. Christianity is a faith of choice, not of control. It needs to stay that way forever. Can I get a strong amen? It's a faith of choice. God has chosen you and those that choose him back. There's this beautiful relationship that takes place. And that's why you've been saved to be in relationship with him. He wants you to know him, not just in a mental way. He wants you to actually know him. I've said this before. I know about President Biden, but I do not know him. If I try to call him, guess what? The Secret Service is calling me back. Man, I'm going to jail. Like, there's no relationship. There's no access. He doesn't know I exist, right? So that's knowing about. A lot of people know about God, but they don't know God. Here's how you know God. You begin a relationship with his son, and you have access, and you begin to know God. We want to help people know him. And then ultimately, we want to help people follow him, right? Following Jesus. How many of you know you can come to church on Sunday and then live, live the rest of your week like the devil? Okay, you really can't. But for those of us that are like, you know what? I want to meet, know, and follow Jesus. There are these little wild statements where Jesus said, hey, pick up your cross and follow me. That goes back to the uncomfortable place, right? There's, there's some sacrifice. Church is a place to receive, but it's a, it's a place to give. It's, it's a place to have acceptance and love, and it's a place to be challenged. It's, it's a place to have a lot of fun, and it's a place to learn some discipline. Like, like, would God ever ask me to sacrifice in my life? Yes. Yes, he would. He, he's calling you and I to sacrifice and give and follow him. There's a lot of joy in that, and there's some pain in that. But as you grow in Jesus, you learn, guess what? It's not about me. It's about we, and it's about other people. One of the greatest days, I think, of a believer's life is when they realize this whole thing is not about me. You will never be a content, mature Christian until you know it's not about me. Just smile and say amen to that because it's so good. It's about other people. This is the mission. We want to pick up his personality and his priorities. I was talking to a mentor and a coach a couple of weeks ago, and it was just a really profound conversation. And we were talking about different churches and different things. And at some point this year, I, I do think we'll be close to going to two services. We're right on the edge and we're, we're about ready for it. 
And so we got some things to build up and into that. And, and, and we're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to become in 30 years? You know, I don't know. We were talking about micro churches. You know, they're very small pockets of churches. And we're about a medium-sized church. Now, the average church in America is actually 80 people. And, of course, then there's the mega churches, right? They're 1,000 plus where it's like, you know, big. And, and I'm like, God, what, what do you got? You know, like, I'm just praying into it, leaning into it. Like, what, what is it? It's, I don't know, you know? And, uh, and we were talking, and my coach said something so profound. He said, you know, Matt, we need micro churches because that attracts a certain chunk of people small communities. We need medium churches because they're amazing and they're resilient and it seems to be the chunk of God's people across this country anyway, you know? And he goes, we need mega churches because they get certain things done and they bring access to certain things and resources. And I'm like, like, it's true. He goes, but we don't need any more churches that aren't on mission. And that got me. And I was like, it's so true. We don't need any more clubs and societies and social events. We need more Christians on mission. And there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different churches. That's why I don't like, really even hate on different churches because I'm like, there's different flavors of ice cream for a reason. Cookies and cream doesn't attract everybody like it attracts me. Some people like mint chocolate chips. Some like Rocky Road. Some like vanilla with some chocolate syrup. It's, whatever you're into, it's okay. There's different churches that are attractional to different people, and that's okay as long as they meet Jesus. But church, can we be on mission this year? We want to be on mission Toward the end of September, is we're going to celebrate our fourth birthday. We have an awesome opportunity to go evangelistic crazy again. Let's, let's be on mission. I'm preaching this today because I want to remind us that we're on mission. This is about people. 85% of people who came to church for the first time did so because a friend invited them. You are the greatest resource this church has. We appreciate you. You're the greatest thing we have. Your circle is our greatest chance at impacting the world through you. Hey, man, we use Google. We use social media. We do everything we can. But you know what? You're the greatest resource we have. Your circle, the influence, the favor God has given you. Values. Let me, let me wind up with values. Uh, tell me you're tracking a little bit with me this morning, though. Mission, vision, values. Why do we do even what we do? This is about this is about people. This is how we make the world a better place. Here, here are some of our values, guys. Uh, we want to lead with love. We want to lead with love. God is love. You cannot lead people without loving them. In fact, John Maxwell, one of the things I love that he says, he goes, the first thing a leader does is love. Why do we do this? We love people. If Jesus is who he says he is, people need Jesus. Why do we show up? Man, we show up for people today that haven't even shown up in our church yet. We are leading with love. We love people. We, we, we're singing with them. We're praying for them. We're learning and growing together as a community. We're serving them. We love people. Why are we here? We love people. Because leaders love, I love this, John Maxwell says, leaders listen. And because leaders love and because they listen, then leaders learn. And then after a leader has learned, then they lead. What do we want in our church? We want a leadership culture that leads with love. We love people. We're going to listen to them. We want to hear their story. We want to get to know them. We want to take them out for coffee. And we want to learn. And as we learn, that gives us permission to lead. Where, where are we taking people? We're taking them into a relationship with Jesus. We're taking them into the goodness of God. We're trying to restore their family or their marriage or their mind or whatever they're going through, wherever they're hurting, wherever they're broken. We want to capture them and bring them on a journey of the goodness of God. So the Bible says, taste and see that God is good. 
right? And when you've got something from good, you're like, I want to give it to somebody else because I love people. In fact, I don't think you can be in a relationship with God and in love with God and not love people. Because as you fall in love with Jesus, guess what God does to your heart? He like turns it around and you just start loving people, right? If I'm in love with God, man, I love people. I'm always going to lead with love. We want to lead with love. Value number two, be present. I love this. Value number two in our culture, our church culture, our leadership culture, we want to be present. Guys, when you're here, man, be here. You know, don't worry about the bills. Don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about the fight you had with your spouse five minutes before, right? We all do that, you know, yell and ah, and then we come to church. How you doing? Awesome. I'm so good. God's so good. He's my marriage is great. You know, we all do that. It's okay. Like, like there's a way to act in public. I get it, okay? And not that we don't want to help you throughout the week, but I, I get it. We all have that church mask on, the church front, and that's okay, but we do want to be authentic. But when we're here, I want to be here. When I worship, I want to know the moment's not for me. It's for Jesus. Can I get a strong amen? When I pour coffee, I want to know it's not for me. It's for somebody else. Like when I, when I lead here, when I'm here, I want to be present. When I'm, when I'm preaching, it's not just for me. It's for you. It's for the people we, we're here to feed and to help and to lead. Therefore, I want to be present. I want to be present in the moment. Number, number three, value. We want to make it happen. I think all good leaders, all good churches just get things done. We, we make it happen. I'm so proud of this leadership team, man. We survived so many things to get to this point, making it happen. This morning, all four of the leaders that run IMAG, two have a cold, one's traveling, one's not feeling well. All four were out. Guess what I had to do last night about 8 o'clock? Hey, Marvin, you know, you want to do IMAG? You know, and he's, I'm so grateful. You know how Paul wrote people in the Bible and he's like, hey, you know, you owe, not that you owe me your own soul kind of thing, but would you do this for me? I'm like, yo, Marvin, not, not that, you know, you owe me anything, you know, but would you do, but it's just like, like, he's amazing. He just made it happen this morning and just, guys, give it up for Marvin one more time. I'm going to brag on Marvin a little bit today, but I don't know why I'm bragging on you. I'm really proud of you, man. Like he made it happen today. We, we got a few guys coming recently and uh, this morning I rolled in at 940. You know what they were doing out this morning? Uh, they've only been coming to our church a couple months. They're outside picking up trash. So nobody had to see the party that somebody threw last night. You know, they're making it happen. I didn't have to tell them to pick up the trash, pizza boxes, cans everywhere. They just made it happen. I love that. I want to be a believer that just makes it happen for Jesus. I'll tell you, I'll tell you I don't want to kick on this too hard today. Here, here's a big deal I have right now, Matt. Inconsistency is hurting the church more than anything else in the modern world inconsistency. It's not our enemy that's really harming the church. It's inconsistency from believers. I don't want to just show up once. When God thinks about a kid that he can count on, I want him to consider me. Would, Would you hand the greatest mission of your life to you? Just have an internal thought. Would you handle the greatest mission in your life? Would you hand it to you right now? If, if you're struggling with consistency, can I challenge you today to work on it? What in your life needs to come into an alignment with him? And the moment you get in alignment with him, and a lot of things work because this is his mission. What's on God's heart right now? Lost kids. If I got four kids, if I lost one, if I misplaced one, where do you think my mind is? On the kid that I lost. 
One time on summer vacation, we, we thought we lost Zealand. He was hiding in a closet. He was playing a game of hide and seek, and he didn't tell us. And so he hid in the closet under some clothes, and he was silent. We thought he walked out the front door. I am barefoot, running through the subdivision like a madman, screaming for my son. I'm running in the street. I ran in the woods. I'm up and down the sub. Ten minutes of terror. I thought I lost my son under my watch. I mean, my mind was not on Audrey in that moment, right? My mind is on the one that I lost. God has a mission, and he's after his kids. Can he trust you this morning with some of that? Right? Like, this is the mission. I want to be consistent with it. Do I play video games from time to time? Do I binge Netflix? Sure. But I want to show up on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm here. I'm present. I want to make it happen for him. I'm willing to work hard to make it happen. And I know you guys have careers and jobs, and I'm not saying give God 50 hours a week, but could you give God a couple hours? Could, could you sow or perhaps even tithe your 40-hour work week and give a few hours to be in a lift group, to serve, to help, to pour coffee, to you know, share, talk to Jesus with a friend, like, like leverage what you can, not a condemnation message this morning, but can you make it happen? Can you make it happen? Can you find your space and leverage and make it happen this morning? Last, last, our last two values here and and we're done. Encourage often, encourage often. When we come together, the Bible says to encourage each other. Um, How many of you know that encouragement is like showering? It wears off. Right? It wears off. Like, like I need to shower often because the shower wears off. The soap wears off. Encouragement wears off. You come into church, we're like, you're amazing. You're awesome. You got a purpose and a plan. God's got your back. He's with you. Go, go, go. And by Wednesday, after two emails and your boss is mad at you and one more complaint from that customer, you're like, I'm ready to quit. Right? Like, by, guess what you need? You got to come back in church and be reminded that God is with you, that he's good, and you're more than an overcomer, right? That you're more than a conqueror, and you get more encouragement, and you go back out there. Life is frustrating as it is. Don't live it discouraged. At least take the hills and the mountains with some encouragement, right? Have some internal courage to say, you know what? If I've got God and a water gun, I can take on hell, right? Like just, like I got the courage to face my giants. How did David ever roll up to Goliath and believe that he could do what he did? He had something on the inside. He had courage. God had built, he hung with God and he realized why God made him, what he was anointed for, how he could do this. And and he had enough wisdom not to kill Goliath Saul's way, but to kill it his way. A lot of you are still missing in life because you're trying to kill the giant Saul's way and not the way that God made you to do it. You, you, you were born an original. Don't die a copy of somebody else. Play the game your way, the way that you've been called and anointed and gifted. Play that game. I'm learning more and more. Don't play somebody else's game. Play your game. That's what you're good at. That's what you're called to do. That's what you can win at. I, I can't win Saul's way. I got to live my own way, right? I got I to gotta stay with the stones that God gave me. And David knew that. He goes, I can't pick up the sword and the, and the shield and the armor, but I got these stones and I'm really good. And I got to stay, stay with that. So, so we need encouragement. I love this quote from Zig Ziglar. He was a motivational speaker and salesman back in the day. He said, be kind because everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. There's a lot of smiles on Sundays, but behind that is often a lot of hard battles. 
When we're here together, man, I want to pump you up. I want to encourage you. I want to be kind to you because I know behind the smile, someone somewhere is fighting a hard battle. And so, hey, man, here, church is, church is not for a beat down. It's for a build up. When you come in here, I want you to feel like you can make it. I want you to feel like you got it. I want you to feel like you're 10 feet tall. Out there is discouraging enough. In here, this is a haven of courage. Amen? Amen. Last thing, and we'll get out of here. Thanks for listening today. I know I went through a lot of our, our points, but it's a recentering message. I want to recenter us back on mission. Last value is we're going to choose joy. We're going to choose joy. Sundays are fun days. And they are fun days on purpose. When I'm at home, I'm already building the culture. I'm like, yo, guys, Sunday fun day, right? Even if I'm really tired, right? Like yesterday, I was tired, so tired. And I I got up this morning, and I was like, wow, I'm tired. I'm going to have some extra coffee, right? But when I announce it to my children, I don't say, oh, guys, get ready. We got to go to church again. Uh." No, man, I'm like, I want them to love church. I want them to love Jesus. Hey, guys, church is coming tomorrow. I could be so tired. I got a mountain of dishes in the kitchen in front of me, right? whatever it is. And it's like, guys, aren't you excited? And in my head, I'm like, I'm, I just want to go to bed. I want to sleep in. But I'm going to pitch this thing with some excitement. I'm going to choose joy because Jesus chose the cross. I don't want to preach too much this morning, but if he could do that for me, if he could show up for me when I needed it, I can show up for him and help him get what he's after, which is more people. Amen. And so I'm going to present this thing like it's the best thing all week long. And you, sometimes you should wake up and do that to yourself. Tomorrow's church. Listen, if you're single, just start preaching yourself in the mirror. You're going to meet your man tomorrow. He's going to be there in the third row. No, like whatever. Like Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Like David said, encourage myself in the Lord. Like we got to, I mean, what is this thing? We're going to choose joy. I I love this. David said, it's better to be in your house than a thousand days somewhere else. And there have been times in my life I've had to check my own heart. And I'm like, am I that excited to go to God's house? I mean, like, am I? Or or do I want to, like, ride my motorcycle? Maybe that's better. Or maybe I want to go diving again. Or maybe whatever you do that you love. It's like, I have to kind of check my own heart. I'm like, am I as excited as David to get in God's house? Because he meant it when he said it. It's better to be in your house worshiping you than a thousand days somewhere else. I think about that. And I'm like, God, I want the excitement today that I had 20 years ago when I first got saved. And maybe some of you as I close today, maybe that's the prayer you need to land on. God, give it back to me the way it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Refresh my soul. Get me excited about being in your house. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our church. This is our purpose, our vision, our mission, our values. This is what we're after. This is how we make the world a better place. Would you stand with me? And we're going to pray as I close today. Just close your eyes for a moment. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I love this church. I love the people in this house. I love God, just the elements that you're putting together in the body that you, Holy Spirit, are building. God, this was your idea. The church was never man's idea when you rose again. And God, you put the church together and you left this mission in the hands of the church. You don't have a plan B. This is plan A and we're it. And Lord, we want to take ownership of these streets. We want downtown. We we ask for the people that are here that 
have yet to meet you. We, we want them to meet no and follow you. And Lord, in our hearts, I pray that you would do a miracle in us this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would refresh our souls because the weeks can get weary. The days can get long. We can get distracted. We can get overwhelmed. We can get bitter. We can get offended. We can get discouraged. We can get anxious, like Matt said earlier. And God, in this moment, I pray that you would do the miracle of refreshing our soul and that we would put you first again. We would put you above everything else in our life, that we would put you above our family, our, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our career, our, our just everything, that we would place you first and that one day we might be able to genuinely say like the psalmist, it's better to be at your house, in your presence, worshiping you than a thousand, day, thousand days anywhere else. Lord, we want to fall in love with you. Lord, we've made modern church about so many things, and I think we've missed it in a lot of ways when ultimately it is about you, Lord Jesus, being in a relationship with you and getting to know you. And Lord, we want to come back to that and we want to be in that. And if you just want to receive that that morning, just, man, just take that in this morning. Just take that in in your own way right now. Just say, God, I want that. I want my soul refreshed. Or, Lord, I, I've just been a little off. I've been dry. I've been weary. I'm hurt. This is your moment, the next 30 seconds, to have your time with the Holy Spirit. Say, God, refresh my soul. Get me back in an honest, growing, loving relationship with you. Take, take me back to where it was, God, when it was new and exciting. I, I want that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, if you believe that with me, say amen. Amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.